0: Good morning. good morning. So this morning we're doing something a wee bit different. Um, we've got some of the best looking people in the church. <laughs> um, particularly this, this guy here, he's like, he's a bit of a sexy beast this <laughs> one. Um, for those wondering, this is my husband. Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's good that, eh? It's just as well, and he's sitting up, no joking. Um, um, my name is Pastor Helen. And uh, if you don't know me, we're married, and that's a good thing, that's a good thing. And uh, we have five kids, and they're all grown up, so, you know, there you go, hallelujah. There is a God in heaven, (laughs) that is proof. All right, um, move along, move along. along. (laughs) So we're doing something different this morning. We are speaking on joy to the world. Over December, the theme for December is... Joy to the World, which is why we're singing the song, Joy to the World, every week, because it is so flippin' good. Um, And so we are just breaking it down, and we're just going to bring a little bit out, um, each of us, a little bit different out. Is that all right? That's good, just as well, really, isn't it? Um, So in 1719, Joy to the World was penned. Isaac Watts, who wrote, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross wrote joy to the world did you know that no. i i did not know that so it's good this is this, is good. this yeah. is good um originally it was a poem um it was written as a poem and it was put to music in 1836 almost 100 years later well no maths over over a hundred maths was never my strong point over a hundred years later it was put to melody put to music Um, which is amazing, and it was inspired by Psalm 98, Um, and the, the interesting thing about this carol was it was never actually written as a carol, it was never intended to be sung at Christmas time, it was about the second coming of Christ, that was the story of the carol, George the World, But it became so obviously relevant and significant that it became locked into the Christmas uh, season and it has remained to this day. And so it it is by far one of the most famous Christmas carols that was never intended to be one. Who who knew? Who knew? Most carols focus on the story of the nativity, but this well-known hymn focuses on us catch this, looking forward to the future. Us looking forward to the future. And I don't know about you, but I am looking forward (laughs) to the future. More than ever before, I am looking forward to 2022. And uh, I'm believing and I agree with me on this one. That 2022 is going to look a whole lot more joyful than the last perhaps two years. And we're going to start blowing this thing away across the earth in Jesus' name. Psalm 121 says, lift up our eyes to the hills where our help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's just take a moment and think about how the Holy Spirit, he is magnificent and how he works through the ages. Like even, you know, think about it. I mean, clearly, obviously, the Bible, how, how that has come through the generations intact, it's the Spirit of God. And also how carols come intact from hundreds of years ago, it's the spirit of God. It's not social media people. Yeah. Social media has not kept joy to the world coming through the ages. It's, it's the spirit of God. Yeah. The gospel has a life of its own. Yeah. Christmas in the park, Coca-Cola Christmas in the park, who remembers that? Yeah. We used to take our kids to that um, when they were little. And um, I loved it. And the When the carols started... I would get such a lump in my throat looking around at all the people singing from their own mouths the gospel, singing Jesus. It, 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 it was mind blowing when I would look around and know there were so many of those that maybe didn't know Christ, and yet they were singing the gospel. <laughs> and I love that. It's like at Christmas time. You know, it becomes this universal sound. It's a global sound across the earth. And Jesus will not be silenced. And especially at Christmas time. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, even the word of God living and active in a Christmas carol, God can use. It is worship at its finest. So can I encourage us all this Christmas, when you hear the carols, lean in. Lean into the lyrics. Don't just, ah, this is an old song. Lean in. Listen to what the lyrics are saying and let them warm your heart, bring you good cheer, peace, and great joy. And I just want to leave you with one last thing. When I was a very little girl, there was a very old hymn, uh, hymn slash carol called O Little Town of Bethlehem. And we don't often sing it. It's, it's kind of one of those ones that gets tucked away a little bit. And I'm just going to sing the first verse over us. It goes, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light. You can sing if you know it. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all i In Thee tonight.
1: So, Helen mentioned Psalm 98 there, and I'm just going to uh, take my glasses off so I can read. Um, isn't it funny? When you get older, you take your glasses off. I don't get that. But Psalm 98, Sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. I just want to emphasize these next few verses. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, electric guitar and drums, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and saxophones and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. And then then it goes on, uh, which I also want to emphasize. Let the sea resound and everything in it. The world and all who live in it, let the rivers clap their hands. I didn't know rivers could clap their hands, but the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. You know, I, um, I'm, I'm reminded of the session we had a couple of weeks ago where we had a couple of health professionals on the stage, and I won't claim to be a health professional. I'm probably the unhealth professional. Um, I, you know, I'm not known for my healthy ways. Um, 10, 15 years of pie and Coke for lunch, um, probably. Um, yeah, anyway, I digress. We had, we had some health professionals up here, and they were talking about mental health and, and well-being, and, and it's a fantastic um, session if you... If you uh, if you missed it, please research it on the interweb. Um, but um, just to just to add my my own fifty cents, when I when I read that scripture, there's two things that really jump out to me. Um, one is music, and one is nature. And um, and so my my fifty cents, adding to the well-being discussion that we had from a couple of weeks ago, is that um, for me, um, music and nature are the two things that unlock joy in my life. Yeah. And I'm probably not the only one here, but many of us, there will be other things that unlock joy. But this scripture, it's interesting how the guy took, um, you know, Isaac Watts, you know, 300 and something years ago, took out joy to the world. Well, I, When I read this scripture, it te- teaches, it, it talks to me about the keys to unlocking joy in my life. And, and for me, you know, listening to a song... And having that kinda that kinda buzz of yeah, I really like this song, you know, it brings out something I tend to wanna start dancing, which is a horrible sight um for other people. But I like you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Woo, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, right, right, it's not enough. But, um, you know, but it does it. You know, joy, that's a, a key to releasing joy in my life. And the other thing is nature and, and just getting out into the nature. And, and people who know me know that I do like going for walks and climbing mountains and walking through the bush and stuff. You know, we live in such an amazing, amazing country in New Zealand for nature. Um, you know, no other country in the world has the diversity that we have. But, you know, these are things that unlock joy in my life So I just want to leave you with this question that you can ponder, go away and think about what are the things that unlock joy in your life and, you know, just that bring release and bring that well-being and mental health that we all so desperately need and crave in this world today.
2: Awesome. Let's give it up for Pastor Ian. And while we're talking about, I'm just going to follow on from Pastor Helen and introducing sexy husbands. This is my sexy <laughs> husband. He's bringing the word this morning anyways. A bit of joy in the house this morning. All right. Well, there's this incredible little scripture in the Bible, and some of you may have it on your walls hanging at home. Some of you may quote it all the time. Some of you may sing it, I am not going to attempt that this morning, Pastor Helen's got the beautiful voice, not me. Uh, You might even have it on your phone, and some of you might not even know it at all. This little scripture means so much to me, and I remind myself of it daily. You can find it in the Old Testament in Nehemiah 8.10, and it is the joy of the Lord is my strength. Awesome. C.S. Lewis said, Joy is the serious business of heaven. I like serious business, and I take joy seriously. The original Hebrew meaning for joy in Nehemiah 8.10 is chedva, meaning joy or gladness. The root word for joy in this context means to rejoice or to make glad. It reminds me of that scripture. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice rejoice and be glad in it. The joy of of the Lord is is a constant gladness and a cause to rejoice. It stems from an inner strengthening from our relationship with Him. During tough times, the core of our joy, if we have joy all, is going to be our relationship with God. Our strength is uh, not always constant, we know that, and it depends on our circumstances. But the Lord's strength, however... Is perfect and it's complete. Our confidence is in God, the only strength that we know, and there's no limit to his strength at all. (coughs) This week we would have been celebrating our first baby's double-digit 10th birthday. Ten years ago to this date, I was meant to be giving birth in Wellington Hospital to our precious first child. But eight weeks after um, I got pregnant, I miscarried and we lost our baby. We called him Baby Noah. He will always be remembered in our hearts forever. When I first got pregnant with him, we had so much excitement and so much joy and so much set before us. We had friends who were having babies at the same time and were only just a few weeks ahead of us. And we were all celebrating together. When we miscarried, there was so much heartbreak, dreams were lost, and there was so much hurt. But as we were, walked through this, we found the joy in the Lord, and He was our strength. He got us through it. God was so good and the joy overflowed from that loss, because only a few months later we found out that we were pregnant again. And in this Febr- in February coming up in 2022, we will be celebrating 10 years of our beautiful, precious little girl, Eva. And a friend reminded me recently that Noah is running around in heaven. He's in our Father's arms, and it will be such a joyous and special time when we meet again. And that brings me so much joy, thinking about that, and it reminds me that we can find joy in the hardest of situations. So our joy is knowing that that no matter what comes our way, whether it's personal hardship or for, uh, for us or for our family, or maybe it's just the routine ups and downs of life, the good times and the bad times, the plenty of strength times, the exhaustion times. Through it all, we have a relationship with God whose strength is overwhelming and it's limitless. And through this, we have got joy. In a practical way, joy means this, that we will put God first. We will rejoice in all things. It means read your Bible. It means know your Bible. It means pray the Bible. It means be with God's people. Get absolutely immersed in all things of God. Then know the joy that comes from being so well-grounded in these things. Charles Spurgeon said, There is marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, and we know that. Just the thought of that is, ugh. But this which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. One dolorous spirit brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy, it is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. So, as a church, let's practice joy. Let's choose joy. It doesn't come naturally to anyone, but if you get the hang of it, it's kind of contagious, as Charles Spurgeon said. And you can infect yourself and others around you with joy. Let's be joy carriers. Let's be contagious and let's be overflowers of joy. And there's no better place to start than this Christmas. Now I'm going to introduce to you, Mason. Woo.
3: I just want to share about the, the, the power of the joy we have in Jesus. And when we look at that, that verse, the, the, um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's such a powerful verse. And, and when we look at it, the biblical definition of joy, it's, it's a feeling of good pleasure and happiness But it doesn't stop there. It's it's, That is dependent on who Jesus is, not on who we are or what's happening around us. Let me just repeat that. The the godly joy that we receive is because of who Jesus is, not because of who we are and what's happening around us. We also know that the the biblical joy, the joy that Jesus has, is is able to overcome all things. We see that in the Bible, in Hebrews, where Jesus um, knew that there was greater joy to come. That he'd yet to experience on earth and in Hebrews 12:2 it says fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God this is just so amazing to think when we actually think about Jesus having knowing that he was going to be crucified on the cross that it would be a joy set before him such a humbling, thought to think about, that he was happy to sacrifice his life to be hung up on a cross for our shame, our sin, our guilt, but that he was happy to die for our death, that we could live his life. Jesus endured the cross not because of anything else other than he was looking forward to one day the joy of being in the presence of the Father with all of us. That's, that's the joy that he had for us and that we can have in him. Jesus came for the very people who thought it was impossible to have joy and freedom in their lives. He brought joy to the blind, he brought joy to the sick, the brokenhearted, the outcasts, the, the sinners. He brought joy to you and me. I believe that's Ian's one of Ian's favorite songs, apparently something about Jeremiah being a bullfrog. <laughs> but he truly did. He, he brings joy to you and me. When we fully understand Jesus's joy for enduring the cross, it has to be, it should be the very source of joy in our lives that overflows into everything. No matter what happens, it's because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Not who we are, not what happens around us. James 1, 2-3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Let us all consider it pure joy whenever you face trials, Of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The Bible tells us here that when troubles come, and they come in all sorts of different forms, consider it an opportunity of great joy. And why is that? Because that even in our hard times, God knows where we are. God knows us, He hasn't forgotten us, that no matter what we're going through, we can put our faith in Him always in him always and no matter what the circumstances look like he can work in and through that time. I remember the when we went through that miscarriage all those years ago and and how we had those hopes and dreams and, and we were just thinking about the future of what a family would look like and, and then in a moment it was gone. And just feeling completely hopeless and, and just having so many questions that I couldn't answer. Like why? Could we do was it something we did? Could we have done something different? just coming to that point and, and I couldn't reconcile even in myself what was happening, let alone be a comfort to, to Nat as she was going through that. And as, as we were going through that, I just remember sitting down with her and praying to God and saying, God, this doesn't make any sense at all, but you are bigger than this and we, and we trust in you. And I remember specifically at that, that time, it was just a peace and a joy came upon it. That didn't make any sense that what we were going through, it didn't get rid of the fact that we were hurting, that it didn't make sense, but we knew that we'd never understand that, but God was bigger. And it was through the midst of our disappointment and despair, God's faithfulness and goodness surpassed our situation of pain. And as we journeyed through it, there was blessing on the other side, That but we experienced God's joy right through that whole point, that whole process. Because the hope and joy that we receive from God doesn't minimize our pain and suffering and that we feel in our lives from time to time. But we need to remember that Jesus didn't, um, you know, he, he didn't go to the cross and endure the cross because it was bearable. He didn't go to the cross because it was, you know, it wasn't excruciating. He did it because the thought of not spending eternity with us was out of the question. So that is the amazing God that we have, such a gracious God the gift of salvation that's given to us is enough joy in it to last this lifetime and the next. And this is the very hallmark of a godly joy that we freely receive in Him. Even when it doesn't make sense to the world, even when we are suffering, joy is possible through the Holy Spirit because Jesus has saved us for an eternity with Him. Jesus really is the reason for the season that we can take great joy in knowing what he's done for us.
4: Amazing. How are we doing, church? We good? We're lively? I'm number five for the five for five. I joy this morning. So, uh, hey, it's great. Shout out to my wife who is hosting online. Love you, babe. Those that are online, so good that you could be with us. Hope you're enjoying the service so far. Romans 15, verse 13. Let me read the scripture and pull out a couple of thoughts from it. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What an awesome scripture on joy. And the image of God filling you with all joy, not just a little bit of joy, but with all joy, I think that's pretty incredible. That's an awesome picture that we can get from the scripture. Notice how it doesn't say, may you have joy all the time. Know how it doesn't say, may God help you keep your joy. Now it says, may God fill you with joy. Meaning there'll be times in your life where you feel a little bit joyless. There'll be times in our lives where we feel like we're lacking joy, where we feel like we're lacking peace, where we feel like we're in lack and in dire need of a God of hope to fill us, to sustain us in that season. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. I've got two sons, Joshua and Josiah. Today's a rainy day. And on a rainy day, while I'm at home in the weekend, there's only one logical thing for us to do, right? That is to create jumping platforms off the couch and little pillow beds for him to land on, right? Right? And so earlier this year, we did that. I stacked up cushions on the couch and count to three and he'd be jumping off, leaping with joy and crashing onto these pillows. A nice, soft landing. He loved it so much that a couple weeks later, he was jumping off the couch without any pillows, straight on his knees onto the hard carpet. And I was like, son, don't do that. You're going to hurt your knees and I'll be paying for it later. So I set myself on the carpet and proceeded to catch him over and over again. And then last week, we had dinner as a family together at the table. He sits on a high chair, and I was cleaning him up with a, with a wet wipe, I was cleaning his hands, and proceeded to pull his high chair away from the table. And to my surprise, he quickly jumped, and he leapt out at me. And by the nick of time, I just caught him, so he didn't fall to the ground. One thing that I love about my oldest son, Joshua, is the undoubting trust that he has in his daddy. You know, thinking about this moment, I'm reminded of the themes in the Bible where Jesus talks about us to have a childlike faith when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God. To have a faith that jumps into our calling without knowing what's going to happen, but believing that we'll be caught. A faith that trusts not knowing the outcome when we step out and take a risk for God, but we have the assurance that our God is a faithful God, and he knows the outcome of faith that walks into each and every single day, regardless of our circumstance, expecting, believing that God would move on our behalf. In that moment when Joshua jumped, he didn't ask beforehand, Daddy, if I jump, will you catch me? Now he just jumped because he knew what the outcome would be. He was close to me. I was watching him, and he trusts in me, which leads me to my three points that I want to leave us uh, here with today to help you be filled with all joy, no matter the season that we are in. Number one, stay close to God. Stay close to God. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I want encourage you, church, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things will be added unto you, that his joy will come upon you. Yeah. Prioritize your quiet time. I don't know if you're here when Pastor Anita spoke about quiet time. If you haven't, I encourage you, go to the church website, look it up. As a church, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to prioritize our time with our Creator, our Father in heaven. We need to read His words so that we can get a better understanding of who He is, His character, His love, and His promises that He has for us. Yeah. We need to pray we need to be in continual communication with him so we can have hear those heart-to-heart conversations. And we need to meditate and dwell on his goodness that he would increase in our lives. Number one, stay close to God. Number two, church, he watches over you. Church, our God, our Father in heaven, he watches over you. He watches our comings and our goings. And that's a comforting thing to know that the creator of the heavens and the earth is interested in you. He doesn't turn a blind eye, No, he's invested. He sees what you're going through. He sees the hurts, he sees the pains, he sees the struggles, the tensions, the wrestles. He watches it all because he cares for you. He loves you and we can take comfort in that. So one, stay close to God. Two, he watches over you. And three, can I encourage us to trust in him? wholeheartedly with a childlike faith that would leap out with joy a big smile on our face not knowing what is to come in the day but to trust in our God that in our marriage we would trust in Him believing that the best is yet to come with our kids that we would put our trust in Him that one day they would come back into His house with our grandkids that we trust in Him with those that are in dire need of, of health we trust in our God to do His will In our situations, with 2022 in our businesses, will we trust in Him and allow God to strengthen our spirits as He fills you with all joy? That His joy would give you strength, as we've been talking about this morning. His joy would give you strength to endure, to persevere, to keep moving forward. I'm going to read the scripture. One more time, Romans 15, verses three, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, church, but I'm glad that our God, like the scripture confirms, is a God of hope. Amen. Our God is a God of hope. And isn't that what we need more in our world today? Yep a little more hope in a world that seems so lost. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling a bit hopeless. Maybe you're feeling a bit joyless. Well, I've got some exciting news for you because I know a God who can give you hope and who can fill you with all joy today as you put your trust in Him with your entire life. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this guy we've been talking about. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, what Christmas is all about that we've been talking on. Maybe you've never said yes to Him. Maybe you've walked with Jesus for a while, but now you've gone away, you've been distanced. Well, today, I want to encourage you. I want to say that today is a good day to say yes to Him. A good day to come back to your Father in heaven who has His arms open wide, waiting to receive you. So this morning, church, I want to give an opportunity to anyone here that wants to and needs to say yes to Jesus. If we can bow our heads and close our eyes, that would be awesome. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna encourage that all of us say this prayer together. But if you're the person in this room and you're like, man, I need to get my life right with God. I wanna say yes to Jesus this morning. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And I pray that you'll be filled with hope and joy peace this morning for those that are watching online I encourage you to do the same, join with me join with us the Connect Church family as we pray this prayer so repeat after me church, dear Jesus I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins I ask that you would forgive me of my sin and help me to turn away from it come into my life and be lord of my life from this day forward in jesus name amen amen come on church let's give some shout of praise in this place if you said yes to jesus it's the best decision you've made if you've said yes and you're online hey get in touch with us just flick us an email office at connectchurch.nz we'd love to be in touch for those here that have given their life to Jesus, come and see him. one of us pastors. We'd love to give you a Bible, a little gift pack, and let you know more about the journey that you have just begun. The church, let's stand together as I pronounce a blessing over you in this place. You can hold your hands out like this. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And may he fill you with all joy as we head into this Christmas season. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.